Hi, I'm Ollie from near Philadelphia. I'm Cinna from Ohio. This is Backlist and Chill. We are Mm -hmm. a podcast, just the two of us, and we read (laughs) old YA books, ones typically we have read in the past when we were younger, or maybe Mm -hmm. not. I've never read so so many of these. (laughs) And then we get together and uh, we drink and we talk about them. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like how you said the two of us are a podcast, because, you know, sometimes a podcast is just two friends, you know, and all podcasts are different. Sometimes podcasts is just two friends for 6,000 years <laughs> reading YA books and stopping two the apocalypse. Two friends, a book, and alcohol, and that's a podcast. <laughs> that's it. That's our podcast. Book and alcohol, those are our other co-hosts, but they're very quiet. <laughs> they are. I mean, sometimes. Fair. Alcohol can get a little loud. Calm down, alcohol. Calm. Get it together. <laughs> I know you're very excited to talk about this alcohol. So, in fact, <laughs> what are we talking about uh, today on uh, Season 4, Episode 2? Today on Season 4, Episode 2 of Backlist and Chill, uh, we're talking about a sweep, Book 2, The Coven. Continuing the tradition of arbitrary titles because the coven was absolutely irrelevant to this book. Ugh, I don't even know why I thought it would be. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, this one should have been called Book of Shadows. Yeah, totally. And the first one could have been called The Coven. and that uh, been No, fine the first cause... one should have been called fucking Blood Witch. Thank you. Mm, mm. I guess that's true. Although I haven't read Blood Witch, so I might change my mind. Yeah. You know what? They just took a bunch of words. They threw them into a pile. And every time they started another book, they just pulled one from the pile. <laughs> they just and pulled, like, pulled it out like it was like a, what What are we going to do on date night tonight? Hmm, strife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Oh, cool. Changeling? Hmm, all mm, right. Mm, That's what about this dark book. magic? Ah, yes. Enough for some Eclipse. dark magic. Mm, all right. Mm-hmm. Reckoning. <laughs> Seriously, looking at these titles, my theory is the first one should have been called Blood Witch. Or Awakening. You know, I do love Awakening being the first fucking title of a series. Yeah, but then you can you imagine trying to find a, the first book in the series called Awakening at the library. I mean, like, every series would show up. That's true, but at least they would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> and that's more important than finding the right book. To me, it is. <laughs> the truth is more important. Truth and advertising is more important to me. <laughs> so yes, we're talking about Sweep Book 2, The Coven, such an arbitrary name. What are we drinking? What are you drinking? Oh, I'm drink I'm back on my shit mm-hmm. with Absente Absinthe because this time I remembered we were an end chill podcast Very like proud last of you. time. Thank you. Last time I was just like, fuck, where's the wine? This'll do. <laughs> fuck, what's closest? Uh, this. Okay. Fucking shots of wine. That's exactly <laughs> how I drink wine. Uh, so I'm going back to my old standby of the broken mirror, not the shattered mirror. At least I think it is. I don't know. I've got, I might have it wrong. I'll figure it out in post. But <laughs> it is one part absinthe. Delicious. One part lime juice. Also delicious. And one part sugar water. It's supposed to be simple syrup, but I didn't have time for that. So I was just like, sugar and water mixed together, you're good enough for me. Yep. And you mix that all together, make sure it's nice and icy cold, and it's damn fucking delicious. It's like, I mean, it's basically like a like a Sprite without the fizz, mm-hmm. but more liney. Sounds good? Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite <laughs> drinks, I would say. How about you? Clearly. So... I decided to make a witch's brew, one of 4,000 drinks on the internet called Witch's Brew. But this one's the prettiest. Uh, So this version of the witch's brew is equal parts uh, Midori, Sprite, 
and orange juice. Midori is so delicious. Yeah, um, my Midori, maybe it's been sitting up there too long. I don't know. But it's got kind of a almost an aspartame like diet soda aftertaste to it, huh. which is somewhat unpleasant. So I just dumped a bunch of vodka in there and more orange juice and more Sprite. And now it's slightly better, I guess. <laughs> yeah, when in doubt, just make a screwdriver, right? Yep. Do the blurb. The blurb! Uh, so I'll do my blurb and then you tell me if your blurb is different. But we've already read my blurb on the back here, so I'm not reading it again. I'm reading from Goodreads. Okay, continue. So The Coven, Wicca number two, because in other places, folks, this was called Wicca, not sweet. Because mm, mm-hmm. unlike Americans, they weren't scared of witches. I feel like we should asterisk that real quick because I have discovered in recent weeks <laughs> that it's not called Wicca everywhere, just what? in most other English-speaking countries. In Ooh. other countries, they translate it into a word in the appropriate language. So it would be like the Wicca of that area? I, you know, I don't know, but I just know that I've seen titles, like I've seen versions of Sweep in other language that are not called Sweep or Wicca. This is fascinating and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. (laughs) Well, I will get you on the list. Thank you. Send me that information. You're welcome. I am not who I thought I was. I am not a regular 16 year old girl. I am a witch, a real ancestral witch. My parents are not my biological parents. My sister and I share no blood. Even in the coven, I am too powerful now, too different to belong. I am alone except for Cal. Cal tells me he loves me, and I need to believe him. Yeah, that's what mine says. Okay. Yeah. Spoilers. Super spoilers. Like, so many spoilers. Also, way to throw shade at Cal that is not in the book. Yeah. The I, And I need to believe him. He tells me he loves me, and I need to believe him. This feels like... God damn it, dog. Mm-hmm. This feels like unnecessary cow shade that they are throwing down upon us for later things that I did not pick what? up on in book two. I mean, there is a little bit of stuff with her self-esteem where she's like, do you only like me because I'm a witch, etc., etc." So maybe it's referencing that. Maybe, but the way it reads, Cal tells me he loves me and I need to believe him. I feel like you could have blurbed this better. You could have said, Cal tells me he loves me, but I have a hard time believing him. But with fancier words. Right. It, it is a little unnecessarily ominous. Yeah. Ominous. <laughs> so that's what your blurb says? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good job, blurbs. Also, this mm-hmm. dog needs to take some fucking tap dance lessons, because if he's going to tap dance off my ceiling, <laughs> I better be able to keep a beat. <laughs> Get it together, dog. One, two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> One, two, three. Why can't you do this? <laughs> I have four legs. <laughs> No excuses. <laughs> I didn't take eight years of dog tap dance to be given this as an excuse. <laughs> uh, anyway. Cover. Cover. I have the same old cover as last time. What you got? I got a very similar design to last time with the two strips of color. Uh, except this time the picture on the top is a bunch of kids in the woods around a campfire. Ooh. And the color on the bottom is red. And the sweep title is in the top right corner. Yeah, so this looks like it should be the cover to the first one. Because at no point do they go sit around a campfire in book two. I mean, we've established how arbitrary all of this is, so. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop being irritated. (laughs) You know me. Come on. It's true. 
I still really like the cover. It has a very uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark yeah. kind of feel to it, where if I had seen this cover as a kid, uh, I would have been like, mm, what we got going on here? The coven. <gasps> My mother can never find this book being read by me. <laughs> I'm going to read it. It looks like exactly what it is. We're like Book of Shadows, if I didn't know of Wicca, that would not have necessarily to me read as, it's a witch book. <laughs> this one would, and I'd have been very intrigued mm-hmm. by it. Mm-hmm. So, A plus on that, their cover. Good job. Good cover times. Cover. All right. You ready for this here plot? Ready. And go. Sweep two. I almost said Book of Shadows, but that's not the title. <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> Take it back. Sweep two. The Coven. Picks up with a word-for-word prologue of the last, like, two pages of the last book. I did notice that and was like, I'm going to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> right i perused it i'm like has any of this changed eh, i don't think so next uh, yeah exactly after i realized that it was the same exact words so i was like yep moving on so it actually opens with morgan's mom's first entry into her book of shadows so last book we had every chapter opening with the alternating like cal and morgan's diary entries Except, do they even keep diaries? Who knows? Well, I guess he keeps a Book of Shadows. Morgan's eventually became her Book of Shadows, but they were both Book of Shadows. This one, for the rest of the book, is always going to open with a little bit from Morgan's mom's Book of Shadows. I liked those parts. Yeah, it's... They're interesting. So they don't really provide us with many plot details that we don't already know. Yeah. They just sort of fill in the narrative around it. So we get to know Morgan's mom a little bit. We get to know uh, what happened from her perspective, even though we're going to find out the facts of what happened like 14 times throughout the course of this novel. I'm like, oh, I already learned all this, but I understand you haven't. Anyway, so it opens with Morgan's mom's entry into her book of shadows. Her name is Maeve Reardon. She starts it when she is a young teenager and it follows her basically to her death. What, like a decade later-ish? Yeah, she dies when she's 23, so... So, about 10 years. Morgan's story picks up the day after Samhain. Morgan wakes up gleeful that she has attained Cal. (laughs) And has also uh, unlocked status Blood Witch. Uh, heck yeah, I am actually legitimately magic, I'm a blood witch, and this super cute boy who even my super hot best friend wants, uh, wants me instead. <laughs> and it was Halloween. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good Halloween, and that's a good thing to wake up to. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, her parents almost immediately bust into her room. I love it. Angry, because Brie... <laughs> Dude, she's so catty in this book. Mm, I know. She uh, left Morgan's Wicca books on the front doorstep with a note. Whoops, you forgot these. Uh, And of course, her parents are furious because they told her to get rid of them. And Morgan, you know. She did technically get them out of the house. She did. But. We don't want these in our house. Okay. Following the letter, I'm a not teenager. the spirit, Morgan. <laughs> exactly. She's like fey bargaining it. <laughs> so, of course, they they start, you know, they're really pissed. They're like, we told you not to do this. And Morgan's they're like, like, super pissed. They're very angry, which eventually becomes somewhat understandable. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I was like, mm, I know what the plot is. <laughs> <laughs> so then Morgan's like, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, excuse me. 
Excuse you. I Wicca. Uh, have just found out that I'm a blood witch. So that clearly means that we're all blood witches, which clearly means that you're hypocrites. Just embrace being a witch with me. We can be a whole witch family. I know. It's very sad how earnest I Morgan know. is. And just like, but but I'm a witch. So that means you guys so you are, are witches too. Mary Kay is. We're all witches. It's great. You can all do cool shit like touch the universe. <laughs> and our parents were all like, ugh, ugh, no, we're not. No, we're not. And then. <laughs> the fuck you say, child. And then Morgan eventually realizes that, oh. I am wrong. Oh, <laughs> turns out that uh, I'm in fact adopted. She's fucking Joe Bluth with like, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> what, I, what a terrible way to find out to just yell at your parents until they like can't look in your face anymore. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> Poor Morgan. And she, she does not handle it well. Nope. But I don't know if there's a way to handle this well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... She finds out that she's adopted, and this is going to be the primary drama engine for the majority of this book. Yep, this is what this book is about, which is why this could also have been called Blood Witch. Right, and this is a more familiar territory in terms of, like, the structure of a YA novel. Yeah, I remember you and I were chatting, and it's like, mm, yep, this feels more like a PNR. <laughs> but still very grounded. I mean, it's not, it's not bad. It's not as grounded as the first one. The first one is definitely, you just want to read about kids and maybe there's a little bit of magic. Sure. Yeah, this one we have, hello, here's the plot. Uh, Morgan, of course, is like furious and, and unhappy and, and devastated. That's the word I was looking for. There so she runs off, uh, she gets in her car and she speeds away in her pajamas. And she ends up at the field where she had her first circle with Cal. Uh, and she's miserable and crying. And she just is like, Cal, I need you, Cal. I need you, Cal. And of course, she's a witch. So, like, stop fucking using your mind against people. Like, you're magically compelling this boy to come to you. <laughs> so, like, she looks up and Cal's knocking at her window like, knock, 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 you called. Uh, Hello? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you did call me with your witch powers. You, uh, you've got some high presence, and <laughs> your old summon real good. <laughs> got so many tens on that summon. And ten again, man, just ten again, ten again. <laughs> I'm definitely bloodbound to you. <laughs> uh, he crawls into the car, and he comforts her, and she tells yeah. him what happened, and he's very understanding. And then they make out. They just make out a lot. They make out, like... At least three times in this book. They make out a lot. Like, anytime they're they alone, kiss a lot, they're making they out. Make out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, like, is a problem because she's got to, like, focus on some other shit right. sometimes as we get to <laughs> I know. I do love that part. We'll get to it. But wow, oh, Morgan. Me too. Wow. Wow, Morgan. You need a fucking phone where you can text this boy. I know. Like, wow, Morgan. Uh, think with your head, please. Right? Morgan, put your dick back in your hands. <laughs> So he comforts her, they make out. Morgan goes home, the house is empty, and her parents and her sister are at church. So she's like, I will take this opportunity to do some fucking internet research. And they have one computer because it's the year 2000. I know, I know, I love that. I remember when my family too had one computer that we all had oh, yeah. to share. I remember my father had like a fucking thing on it where the internet got turned off at 9 p.m. Ah, rude. I know, and so I'm like, but rude. I'm doing Star Wars RPGs. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so she gets on the family computer, and she tries to prehistoric Google her mother's name. 
I love the detail that there are 27 entries for the name Maeve Reardon on the internet yep. in the year 2001. 27. 27. That's too few. That's too few. You could look at all of them. You're not like, oh my god, there's 18,000 entries. <laughs> right. Oh, oh no, there How are 27,000 pages. Right now, just 27 entries. Just 27. Like, that's nothing. Yep. God, she's probably using like Yahoo search. Oh, I know, right? Lycos. <laughs> So she finds what I imagined was just sort of a GeoCities type site Mm -hmm. with a family tree on it because she describes it as having like Irish font. And I was like, oh, I remember those websites. sparkling in my mind. It's got like some Gaelic uh, bagpipes going on. Right. And you can't find the button that turns the music off. You can't find the button to fucking mute it. Ugh, so annoying. Oh my god. And it's just in fucking MIDI file. <laughs> MIDI bagpipes. Uh, that's what Ooh. they play in hell. You can hear it. And you can see that that top font just sparkling in gold. I can. I can. It's a gif, probably. <laughs> so she looks at this site. It's a family tree. Uh, and it tells her essentially where and when her mother died. Or yes. at least somebody with the same name as was on her birth certificate. The same age. The birth date and the death date are both uh, Wiccan holidays, which are noted on the family tree. Which is super sad, honestly, to be like, oh, but here it is. Born in bulk, 1962. Cool. Died Letha in 1986. You're like, shit, dude, fucking holidays are rough for you. <laughs> right. Well, on the upside, probably not much family left that really has to dislike those holidays anymore. So mm. Yeah, just Morgan. Uh, so she finds out that she died in a town a couple hours away and she does what everybody does in a situation like this. She goes to the library to look at that microfish. Have you ever done that? No, I've only seen it in movies. Always in movies. I've like wanted to have a reason. I know, right? I also want to, what's the word, research my dead mother. Right? Like this would be super cool. I want to find out about mysteries, unsolved murders, but nope. Mashoma Falls, New York. Let's see if that's made up. Mashoma. A lot of the stuff is made up. I hope it is, because then I don't have to get obsessive. <laughs> cool. It's made up. I love that. <laughs> She's like, hmm, in 20 years, is this going to cause Ollie some problems? I'm going <laughs> to make this, this shit you. up. I'll just make up everywhere. I'll make up. Oops, let's wait. Let's, I assume Widow's Veil is also made up. But Probably, let's just make sure. yes. Sweet. Definitely made up. Nice. Uh, see, they just got to do this for me. This is what people got to do. Like, I understand that it's fun to be like, I'm going to set it in my hometown or this cool town I like next door to me. No. <laughs> set it there, but call it something else so that I don't get obsessed and hyperfixate on telling you you're wrong. Well, since we're on the subject, the Irish town is also made up. So. Valley Nigel? Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you for getting ahead of me. You're welcome. So uh, she goes down to the library, which is miraculously open on a Sunday. She digs into their newspaper archives for a town that is two hours away, which they also have. See, that confused me. (laughs) I thought she was just going to go to that town. I did too. I'm like, why wouldn't you? Why don't you just be like, I'm going for a Sunday drive. It's the year 2001. Gas prices aren't too bad. Well, so the way that she gets around the library being open on Sunday is by saying that it's like the city branch of the library. Yeah, there's like three of them in the area. So I imagine if you're going to a small town and trying to get into that library on a Sunday, you're going to have a tougher time. Fair. One thing that I would like to talk about Mm -hmm. is the fact that if this is the fall of the year 2001. Mm -hmm. Oh. 
there would be so many flags. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Right? It only just occurred to me when I when I said gas prices aren't that bad. I went, oh, wait. They're about to be. <laughs> <laughs> They're about to be real fucking bad because the fucking towers just got hit. Man, I definitely forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. So, like, this is definitely an AU because yep. at no point in time did they deal with anything. Like, you... It was it was like what's happening with us right now. Mm-hmm. There's no way to avoid this. You cannot write something set in the year 2020 from now on and just ignore this. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same thing. You can't be in fucking New York yep. across from the goddamn Hudson. Yep. And just pretend that this didn't Right. Exist. Maybe, maybe in some other part of the country, but for sure not New York. Yeah. No. Like, there would be a lot going on. There would be so much paranoia, um, so much American bullshit, pride. And they even mentioned, like, people from other cultures and things like that in the school and whatnot. And I'm like, wow, this would be such a fucking different book written post-2001. Yeah, so that just came up in my mind. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's definitely not something that occurred to me. God. Uh, so she goes to the uh, town library. She digs into the newspaper archives. She finds out that her mother uh, fled from Ireland to New York. And died in a barn fire with another person that we eventually find out is her partner, Angus. Who we assume is also her father. Yes. So her mother and her father died in this uh, barn fire. There's no reason not actually to believe that he is because in her book of shadows, she probably wouldn't lie about that. Yeah. So it's a pretty traumatic day for Morgan altogether, you know? Right? It's literally the day after the best day. Hello, have the worst day. <laughs> right? That's some karmic balance for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I thought what I put out there should come back to me three times. What's happening? And they're like, well. Not oh. always. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when good things happen, bad things happen. Sometimes you find out that you're a YA protagonist and you know what? There's nothing you can do about it. She really doesn't want to be. No, no, she doesn't. She really doesn't. I appreciate that. Um, Right? I love you, Morgan. So she goes home. She has another fight with her parents. The parents, like, okay, so, you know, obviously you don't want to wait until somebody's fucking 16 for them to just find out that they're adopted. Like, that's not a good strategy, Morgan's mom and dad. Yeah. And I know that, like, in the 90s, I definitely heard a lot about like oh people would turn 18 and be told about it being like that way you grew up this way but what a fucking shock like for sure for most people the best answer is to always just be honest about it mm-hmm. that way it's never confusing and you can go through whatever feeling of like oh, i'm not your real child that may be angsting in you because you were a kid and hopefully you can learn that it's okay they chose you they love you right but you just kind of grow up with that being a fact of your life and not like a dirty secret that you eventually find on the worst day of your life. So, yep, yep, not a good time for Morgan to find it. If she had found this out in a nicer way, I'm sure that you know could have been better. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously her parents didn't handle that great, but as no. soon as Morgan does find out, they are very much they're very aggressively reassuring. <laughs> they're like, "No, yeah. no, you're my child. I love you. We've always I thought of you, you as our our daughter." Blah blah blah. It's such a hard plot line. Mm-hmm. Like, reading about it, I had so many mixed feelings. Because obviously she comes back to this again and again and again throughout this book because she literally just found out. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the whole book takes place over two weeks. Yeah, right? like maybe maybe a week or two. It's not very yeah. long. That's not a lot of time to come to mentally being settled on changing how you how you feel about your family and things like that. But it's so hard because, like, on the one hand, I super agree with Morgan, where it's like, damn, this fucking sucks to find out like this. I wish they had told me. I wish, you know, I hadn't found out this way. But at the same time, the parents had no reason to believe that, like, this girl would ever find out on her own that she was from a descending of witches and <laughs> that her family had been murdered. They had to just assume to be like, hey, we're not going to fucking tell her because she's our kid and her birth story is fucking traumatic. I mean... So let's just love her like our own kid, I guess. Like, I can see where they just fucking decided, that sucks, let's not talk about it. Here's the thing, though. At some point, that girl is going to have to look at her birth certificate for something. That's the wildest part to me, right? Like, I saw my birth certificate plenty. (laughs) Why did they not have, like... I don't know. Like, she knew where it was. Had she never fucking looked at it? I mean, I I never had any reason to look at my birth certificate until I had to physically get a copy for myself. So I can buy Morgan never having looked at it herself. But, oh, like... She would definitely need to look at it. Yeah. As, as an adult, you have to submit your birth certificate for things. You're going to have to look at it. There's no way they, they could have kept now? this a secret forever. Clearly, they weren't waiting until she was 16, because she's already 16. She's yep. going to be 17 in uh, the end of the month. So. Yeah. So, listen, Morgan's parents, you were not really plotting this out terribly well. It was not a great right. plan. I think they were just hoping. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were just clearly procrastinating is what they were doing. Yeah. Like, because really, think about this. Say so you, you and I, we have this child, and we really wanted this child. But then we find out mm, dead parents. God, that's so weird. And this lawyer won't get back to us. Granted, I'm skipping ahead on plot. And then, like, I go on a nice trip and I find out about fucking witches and, like, people are bad (laughs) and weird about it. I would be like, Cinna, I have no fucking clue how to have this conversation with a literal child. I have a question, though. Is this, like, me and you? Because I would think that that stuff was really cool and should definitely be part of our child's (laughs) origin story. So... Okay, yes, it is. Are we role-playing Morgan's parents? Because in that case, yes, I can understand it. If we're role-playing Morgan's parents, but no, even if it was just you and me, I would be like, I don't know how to have this conversation with a literal fucking child. I'd be like, well, we wait until the child is conscious enough to be considered a person, and then we tell them about it. Which, in my opinion, is 14. (laughs) Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere in the teens. Like, I remember having real opinions at 14, even if they later changed. <laughs> but I also definitely don't think that we should wait to have the conversation with our child until they're 14. We should tell them as they're, they're growing adopted. up that they are yeah. adopted and then save the bad part for the that's true. age. <laughs> I guess that's fair. See, this is you and me as this as Morgan's parents deciding, all right, let's always tell Morgan that we love her mm-hmm. and she's adopted and mm-hmm. we really wanted to have a kid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we were not equipped to have a kid. Mm-hmm. 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 But for somehow we ended reasons. up having Mary Kay for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Magically, I end up pregnant. You end up pregnant. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the dad and I get to go to Ireland. <sighs> uh, sorry. You suck. <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> Morgan, you were adopted, but now we're in divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. We're inflicting so much more trauma on just this imaginary child. When you're 14, we're going to tell you the real story of your birth, but you are adopted. (laughs) And we do love you. (laughs) Even if we're divorced and best friends. (laughs)
And we aborted Mary Kay because Cinna didn't want We only wanted one child. We only wanted one child. It was like some god came down and said, and no, you should have a child. And you're like, no. No. (laughs) No, thank you. Returning this. What's your savior got to do with me? (laughs) In conclusion, we're better parents. We're way better parents. Morgan would have grown up knowing that she was adopted. But then when she turned 14, we'd have been like, what's up? Your parents were murdered. Check it out. Here's the articles. Yep. We're just like, listen, these are your teenage years and they're going to suck anyway. So we're just going to put this right here and you can deal so with it now. you might as well know that you're probably magic and we're super jealous. Oh, yeah. All <laughs> right. Listen, if you ever figure out how to do that magic stuff, you got to you gotta cut us in. Okay, kid? <laughs> <laughs> you can borrow all of my shit. Because <laughs> you says. probably can do actual magic with it. Here, I've got all these rocks. I got lots of rocks. I got some tarot cards. I got runes. <laughs> you want some flash cards? You don't need no boyfriend for that. <laughs> Listen, Morgan. When uh, this kid comes around to teach you about Wicca, you can teach him about Wicca. <laughs> He's gonna be like, "Wow, are your parents blood witches?" And you're just gonna be like, "No, they just grew up in the nineties. <laughs> no, they're gay." <laughs> They're so gay. <laughs> and we all know that Wicca's so gay. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, true. I get it. I get it. Yep. <laughs> and that's sweet book too, guys. <laughs> you didn't know that we were in this one, did you? Honestly, right. So here we go. Hold on. Rewriting it. Aunt Eileen ah. is her single mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Aunt Eileen is into Wicca. But then Cal comes along and because he's a blood witch, he can like jumpstart that dead engine. Ah, okay. Yes, yes. And so she's touched real magic now. And Aunt Eileen, who is now mom, <laughs> is to be like, damn, that's fucking sweet. And she never has to go through a traumatic thing because obviously she knew <laughs> she was adopted. Ollie, we're so good at writing books. We just take all of the conflict right out of them. <laughs> <laughs> why have conflict? But the conflict is between her and Brie. <laughs> I mean, we're like, why have conflict with your parents when you could have a single gay mom? <laughs> This is true. Mm, and hey, see, making a gay made it better. Hey, listen. I mean, so this is 2001 YA. The fact that Morgan has both a set of parents and a set of dead parents, like that's primo YA shit. Dude, I hadn't even thought about that. Damn, because I was so impressed last episode that she had two parents that were both alive. But now she does. This blew my mind. Holy crap. (laughs) All right. So it's the year 2001 in YA. Morgan has two parents that are alive, two parents that are dead, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she has a gay aunt that she likes. Kate Tiernan, I love you. Good job, Kate Tiernan. Clap, 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 clap. I'm going to keep drinking my absinthe. I have so little left to go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of at the bottom of mine, too. But anyway. We're good. uh, She has a fight with the parents. The parents, though, I think... So, like, she has a lot of really sweet moments with her parents as they're navigating this fucking revelation, right? Because, like... (laughs) They were not prepared. She comes home and she's she's sad and she goes and lays down and her mother comes and, like, sits beside her and, like, pets her. And she's she's like, I love you. You're my daughter. And I I appreciate that the parents aren't villainized in this. Me too. They make some questionable plot choices, but... But they're also like, I don't know what to do about this. And they're they're (laughs) aggressively supportive in certain respects so right in the love that they have to give it's it's very good i i liked it um 
Her sister's reaction, I thought, was interestingly, like, childlike, almost. It kind of, like, illustrates how young Mary Kay is. Yeah. No, I agree. It reminds you that she's a fucking freshman. Yep. She's just, like, a little kid. She's like, no, why? Why is this happening? I want you to be my sister. All the different reactions are are good and very good, like, in terms of character. Yeah, because, like, Mary Kay, this is just happening around her. She can literally do nothing about it. And it's a big, as big a revelation to Mary Kay as it is to Morgan. Right, because now you're like, my sister was adopted? What? And also a witch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, when she's like, nope, I don't want anything to do with it. I know, that was that was so rough for both of them. It's very rough. I know. So, uh, at school on Monday, Morgan continues to sort of develop her powers. She has a meeting with the group where she casts out her senses uh, and kind of gets to experiment with, like, scanning people's emotions. I want to be able to do that. I know. Casting out Morgan's senses, which is a phrase that will happen again and again throughout the series, (laughs) is by far kind of the coolest of her powers. Right? Just being like, I walk into a room, and in an instant, I know how everyone is feeling. She knows how everybody's feeling. She can use it to find things. Like, she finds her books <laughs> by doing yep. this. She eventually can, like, find people with it. Like, it's a really good power. Like, this is a good witch power, man. Super good. She has so many excellent powers. She does. Like, I'm jealous of you, Morgan. You don't just wake up and you're, like, a witch. You're, like, the witch. Right? You're you're both a practicing spellcasting witch, and also you've got, like, psychic powers it's pretty rad yeah. yep just innately good at this shit um so she's distantly aware that she shouldn't be doing this without people's <laughs> consent but she does it anyway which is something that morgan does kind of a lot uh, all the time yeah she's like i shouldn't do this but mm, the power <laughs> i shouldn't do this but i do want to though <laughs> but i'm a teenager and this is badass Yep. And and Cal is just kind of perpetually amused by it. <laughs> He's always just like, Oh kid, you shouldn't be doing this, but wow, right. you're good at it. Right? Or he's like, This is this is fascinating that you can do it, but you should stop. <laughs> yeah. So Bree and Raven kind of harass Morgan, uh, and make her feel bad. This about I herself. really didn't appreciate. No, on all fronts, it's pretty shitty. Bree reveals a lot of personal stuff about Morgan to Raven as ammo against her. Which means the two of them just, like, clearly hung out all Sunday being pissy about Morgan. Mm-hmm. And they they dig a lot on Morgan's, like, low self-esteem. They're like, oh, Cal's not really into you. He's just interested in your powers. And, of course, Morgan's like, uh, 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 you're right. Which sucks, right? I would have been, like sad being like yeah okay clearly this person doesn't like me for my physical body but also same time fuck you he likes me for something that is not my physical body a thing that i have zero control over yeah Mm, how about also i have zero control over being a fucking badass witch i'll take it (laughs) right like oh he does like me for my witch powers that i have (laughs) you know what i can put on makeup you can't be a blood witch (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fucking burn jeez <laughs> incinerated <laughs> oh morgan i wish this for you but uh we talked a lot about in the last book about how that book wasn't a stereotypical ya and it kind of mm. dips in there in this one yeah. where like we've got more aggressive girl hate god right i was so excited to maybe not have to tag any of these girl hate but yeah. nope 
Raven and Bree and Morgan, like their relationship is a little bit more complicated than traditional like alpha bitch relationships are with the protagonist, but there's still a lot of vicious conflict over a boy. I know. And like, fuck, I just want to sit Bree and Raven down and be like, literally get the fuck over it. Right. There are other boys. Right. So this, so your best friend did literally nothing and this boy chased her and likes her. You can't do shit about that. Leave it the fuck alone. You never asked her if she liked him. You just were like, oh, I'm so in love with him. You don't fucking know him. You don't even <laughs> hang out with him. Like, Brie, get your head out of your fucking ass. Raven, same. Like, just <laughs> stop it. I'm mad at them and I need to be like the older adult in their life. I need to be their aunt. <laughs> Is what I would really like to be. Just be like, hello, I'm your aunt. And I'm here to talk to you about why what you're doing is god awful. You look ugly. <laughs> no boy is going to like you if you're going to be this way. Just get over it, kids. Be happy for your friend. Right? Like you, uh, Brie knows that Morgan has never dated anyone ever. Mm-hmm. And also Brie knows and has said like... We see hints at that, like, Bree sees that Morgan is pretty, even though Morgan's like, I'm plain and boring. It's like, yeah, but, like, that doesn't mean you're not still pretty. Like, most kids think that they're uglier than they are. Mm-hmm. So, come on, Bree, chill the fuck out. Oh, we're doing it again. We're fixing all the conflict. Okay, but, like, <laughs> I'm fine with this conflict existing. I just want, I don't want it for them. You know, like, I get it. It's here for the book. But I don't want them to have to go through this. I want real teenagers to not have to go through this. Right. You know, as characters, you want you want Morgan to have friends, to be friends with her friends. Yeah, exactly. And also, her coven gets real fucking white after Beth leaves. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there was this. I also noticed that we talked last time about how we were happy that Morgan didn't stop being a math nerd. But in this one, she both quits the chess club and decides she doesn't want to be a scientist anymore. She's like, I'm going to be a witch instead. And I'm going to live my whole life with Cal. I'm like, oh, Morgan. <laughs> I mean, we're back to Jessica's guide to dating on the dark side. <laughs> Uh, it, it makes sense because, like, you're a teenager, and obviously, wow, I found something I'm really good at. This is obviously right. going I'm to. I'm innately good at this thing. This other thing is slightly hard. Right. I'm going to obviously prioritize this thing that I'm more excited about. But also, it would be nice if she got to keep being science minded. What if I was a witch scientist? <laughs> right. Exactly. Use witch in your science. Right. How cool would it be to be like, I'm going to become uh, an herbologist? I would love it if, if like, one of these, I mean, I'm sure there are books that do it, but I would love it if Morgan got powers and she's like, but how do you science these powers? Mm-hmm. But how do these powers, where do I they do come these from? Things? What's happening? Can I help other people have these powers? Right. I'm going to check my blood and see what's going on in that stuff. Hell yeah. I'd read that. Yeah. And then it, then the conflict could be someone being like, no, you can't do that because then everyone will have access to magic and we won't be special. And her being like, do you hear yourselves? <laughs> or like, uh, no, you can't science our religion. Our religion has to be mystical. And she's like, but it could be both. But we could explain stuff. <laughs> right? Like, so there's a Terry Pratchett book, We Freeman, and the main character's grandmother is basically like a witch, but she she talks about how everything is magic only because people can't explain it. Yeah. And I love that sense of magic where it's like, I, that's 
So, like, we've discussed how, like, I'm a fake pagan. I'm not a pagan. I don't believe in <laughs> pagan stuff, but I've got all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. But it's because, like, I just, these things either make me happy mm-hmm. or they, they work in a way, but I don't personally, and it's okay if other people, you know, feel other ways, mm-hmm. but I don't personally think of them as mystical. I just, they just work, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's it. That's fine. And, like, that's how science was before for a lot of people. Where they're like, what the fuck is this shit? And you're like, it's science. And they're like, I don't know. It seems like magic. Burn them. <laughs> It's like, so there you go, Morgan. You can just be a science witch. I know. I would love that. But no, we're going, we're just going full into this mystical magic. I'm going to do Wicca for a living stuff. And Morgan, you really don't want to make your hobby your job. Like, oh, that's not healthy. Right? No, definitely not. Why don't you just get a job at a coffee shop like your mom did? <laughs> Seriously, uh, man, though, like if she was a witch scientist, that'd be so cool. I'm surprised that she wanted to be a scientist, quite frankly, because she should be looking at this from a scientific point of view, being like, why and how can I do these things? Yeah, it would be interesting if the, the her interest that she had before Mac all of the books started had informed some of her thoughts and choices, but, you know. Yep. So, uh, school ends, Robbie and Morgan go to Practical Magic. Uh, the creepy guy is like, you found your clan. And he asks Morgan if she has her Book of Shadows. He explains that she should have inherited one from her mother or her family uh, or her coven. Yes. And I was like, foreshadowing. <laughs> well, and also, um, listen, uh, David, is it you know that this kid didn't know she was a blood witch? Maybe you should think about why. Yeah. And the tactfulness of the questions that you're asking, David. But also, no one's supposed to know what their clan is. Also that. That's where I found it very odd. I'm like, why, David? What are you doing? Do you know yours? I didn't think anybody knew. He's, he's just being very aggressive and asking rude and tactless questions. And like, yeah. read the room, David. <laughs> and like, didn't didn't they say in the first book, they're like, oh, all the clans mingled and, and stuff like that. So like, no one should have a clan. Right. Like, this should be rare. Like, it should be yeah. weird to know your clan. Right. Yeah. You should be like, oh, well, I'm from these four at least. Yeah. So Morgan's like, um, no, I don't know. Please leave me alone, sir. So then she goes to talk to the other, uh, the other employee at the magic store, uh, Alice. Alice. And she's like, Alice, do you know my mother? And Alice is like, are you my mother? (laughs) Alice is like, yes, the plot says that I do. The plot says your mother's famous for being dead. Yeah, right. So this is where we get the, uh, info dump for her mother's backstory, uh, which Alice supposedly knows because Maeve's Book of Shadows, like, made the rounds in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, there, that's discussed where it's like, oh, a bunch of us read it and things like that, but then it disappeared. Yep. Uh, so she explains that Maeve was from a powerful coven in Ireland. Belly Nigel. I don't know if that's how they would pronounce it in Gaelic, but that's how I'm pronouncing it. Yeah, uh, listen, I looked up a bunch of how to pronounce stuff and Bally Nigel doesn't exist, so who knows how to pronounce it? <laughs> so she was in the coven. Coven was called Bellwicket. Uh, she was the daughter of the high priestess and she was very powerful. She was from a clan, but they don't specify which one because that's for a later book. Because that's spoilers. We must be unsure and look at three different potential options for Morgan. We need to save this for a dramatic reveal at a later date. Yes, she couldn't possibly want power. (laughs) 
So the coven is very isolated and they're very anti-human, which fucking, yeah. Yeah. People in the town start to persecute the witches for unknown reason. Like, Alice goes out of her way to be like, oh, they were very conservative and uneducated. And I'm like, well, Alice. Well, Alice. They lived in that town with those witches for generations, Alice. Like, I think that they were fine until, like, a certain point. Right? It doesn't make sense for, like, if you move to a small town and you're, like, a new element, then to be like, oh, well, they're just not, like, worldly. Like, that's fine. But, like, they were just as conservative when the witch's moms lived there totally fine. So I don't, I don't understand that line of reasoning. I like the idea where they're like, oh, no, reading from Maeve Riordan's uh, Book of Shadows, where it's like, she's like, oh, no, we think that maybe it's another witch because... They're getting through our protection spells, and no human could do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Alice, you read the fucking Book of Shadows. <laughs> know, right? We too have read pieces of this Book of Shadows. <laughs> so the a witch gets murdered, and even Alice says, like, they think that it was a witch who did it, but that the coven refused to leave because they'd been there for generations, and it was a place of power, ley lines, blah, blah, blah. And then one night, there was a huge destruction. I don't know if this is where they use the term dark wave, but it does come up in this book. I think dark wave came about towards the end. Okay. So she explains that the coven was destroyed. Both the witches and the town itself were destroyed by a a dark magical source that kind of swept through the town. Homes were burned to the ground, cars were set on fire, fields of crops were laid to waste, boats were sunk, and then 23 people died. But they're very vague on how that stuff happened. So it's like, did they incite a a riot? Was it like literally magic? Like, how did this happen? Only Maeve and Angus were able to escape. They went to New York City and then eventually to the town where they died. uh, They lived as humans. They started finding sigils and and other things that were similar to what had happened before their coven was destroyed, and then they died in the fire. Alice concludes by saying that she has no idea what happened to Maeve's Book of Shadows or to uh, the baby, but I mean, Mm, we all know what happened to the baby. We know. We know. I don't know what did happen to the baby. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but I love that kind of line. (laughs) (laughs) so morgan goes home her aunt is there to announce that she is moving in with her girlfriend yay and she realizes in that interaction that oh shit literally everybody knew about me being adopted right except for me and my sister and like my friends like all of the adults in her life knew and it's understandably like embarrassing like, there's a lot of, like, rejection sensitivity happening there with Morgan, where I'm like, yeah, I feel you. I would feel so fucking embarrassed. I know, right? To just sort of, like, oh, I assumed that I was actually your niece for so many years. Right. And it's like, you know, that's a terminology thing where you're like, yeah, but you are. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you're a teenager and you're insecure and you're like, oh, God, what if they were just humoring me? Like, yeah. But also, Morgan is a kind of an asshole. She is, because she's so, she's so freaked out and pissed off, and I'm just like, I had a lot of feelings about this kind of plots, because it's like, so say you were an aunt or uncle or auntie who was brought into a family, like, you married in and stuff, like, if 
Paula, the girlfriend, ends up marrying Aunt Eileen, which, granted, would be too quick in these books. She'd need to start getting married towards the end of the series. <laughs> would she be any less of a niece? No. Just because she married in, and it's like that. It's like, no, you're still someone's niece. You know, they saw you grow up, they care about you, they love you. Right. But at the same time, you're still like, this feels so fucking weird mm-hmm. because I just learned it, and I'm also finding out that my parents were burned alive. It's a fucking lot. Like, it's, there's a lot going on for this family. Yeah, like, and, and Morgan's having a lot of, you know, traumatic things that she's having to deal with. But also, man, she is she not talking to her family about anything else? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, basically every single time when there's, like, a dead moment, she's like, so why didn't you tell me I was adopted? <laughs> why? Why, mother? Why have you been yeah. hiding this from me? Auntie, did you know I was adopted? I'm assuming you did because there's no way she would have faked a pregnancy, right? Like, Morgan, we're just trying to eat Chinese food. I know, Morgan, read the room. So Morgan does another dramatic fuck off. Yeah. Uh, and she runs away to Cal's and she sits in the driveway for like an hour, like until Celine shows up and uh, invites her inside and she finds out that Cal's not there. And we get a little bit of information about Cal and Celine's backstory. And she has a circle with Celine uh, where she learns a little bit about runes and then Celine sort of calms her emotions. With runes. Yeah, I did think it was funny that, uh, so they, they describe the runes and they talk about like sketching them in the and air. And you're like, <gasps> forbidden game. I was like, forbidden game. I was like, in the forest of the night. Like, every book in this era fucking talked about runes exactly the same way with exactly the same terminology. I remember in the forest of the night. What was that one? Uh, Rizika, I think it's one in one of the last scenes, she sketches a rune in the air. I think it's for gambling or something. But they describe it the exact same way. It's so, it's so funny. So at school the next day, Beth, Raven, and Bree all quit the cuffin. Dude, Beth's one was the best, though. Yeah? I loved Beth's because she just, like, walked up and she's like, yeah, uh, I don't feel comfortable with this. <laughs> and they were like, okay. She's like, I'm gonna go. You sure? Yep. Bye. She's <laughs> like, goodbye, books. I'm leaving now. <laughs> Beth doesn't get to be a protagonist. She gets to live. <laughs> Yep, those were the choices you had in 2001. Ugh, right? Uh, so Beth is like, peace. And then Raven and Bree come up and they're like, we are also leaving, but we're not leaving Wicca. We're just joining another. We're still going to be in these books. We're still going to be Beth. around. Unlike yeah. Beth. We choose to be your antagonists. <laughs> Here is a report we filed with the Guild of Calamitous Intent for its <laughs> arching rights. <laughs> They leave and Cal tells Morgan that he is concerned that they may be taken advantage of by a witch with nefarious Mm. intent. There's another couple of scenes. Morgan talks to her mother. Please, God, just tell me what happened. Her mother's like, well, we can't tell you yet because plot. So just wait a couple more chapters. She has the same conversation with the dad, like literally the next day. She's like, dad, please, God, talk to me. And he's like, not yet, Morgan. We still have a couple chapters. So Morgan goes to Cal's. He gives her his pentacle uh, and he tells her that he thinks that she is his. I'm going to do it. Are you ready? No, no. I want to hear it. There are debates about how to pronounce this, but (laughs) Muirn Bahadan. Muirn Bahadan. So it's Muirn. 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 Muirn Bahadan. Bahadan. Or Mern Bahadan. Mern. Mern. 
One of those two. Either way, every time I saw that, I just mentally filled in soulmate. Yeah, I was just like, yep, that, those sets of words. Right, I'm like, I'm not gonna fuck it up. I'm just gonna say soulmate. Uh, yeah, so he tells her that he thinks that she is his soulmate, and of course, Morgan is like, um, yes, please, yes. Whatever that is, I wanna be it. Is this witch going steady? I think it means we're going steady! And I don't have any best friend to tell because I don't consider my friends from science to be friends. Or Robbie, even though we're in a goddamn coven. <laughs> she does hang out with them. She just doesn't really talk to them in a meaningful way. Yum. So at the next circle, Robbie reveals that he no longer needs glasses. Something that's been Hinted at. a sub subplot. Which turns out to be because Morgan did her spell too well. I love it, though. I do love it. Uh, and, and he's super hot now. With removing the glasses, we have completed the transition to hotness. Robbie's <laughs> officially a stud. So they do their usual chan- channeling energy thing. And when they finish, Morgan uses her abilities to relieve her coven mate Jenna's asthma. I would like this to be a thing, please. Yep. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool powers. And once again, Morgan's like, I don't want to give this up. Kind of like being powerful. She's like, I just want to keep feeling this way. And I'm like, you uh, like powers, what you're saying. (laughs) Maybe we should keep an eye on you, kid. (laughs) Oh, but I couldn't be a woodbane. I get chills (laughs) just thinking about it. So uh, after church the next day, Morgan comes home to hear a scuffle upstairs. She runs upstairs and finds her sister being assaulted by her boyfriend. This has been being foreshadowed since book one. Yes, they talk about him a lot. So the three of them argue, uh, Morgan takes a bat. She's like ready to bust this fucker's head Morgan. in. Morgan like tries to, to get him to leave uh, and he won't. And so finally she just ends up zapping him with her fucking magic. She's like, <laughs> she's fucking Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> right? Fourth lightning. Fuck off. Fully operational battle, Morgan. <laughs> uh, so Morgan, Morgan's like, well didn't know i could do that no she did not uh and she's also kind of aggro with mary Kay here like i wasn't super super cool with how she was talking to her she was very like well, you have to break up with him right now you can't ever see him again and mary Kay terrible and awful because he wanted sex ever and you're like whoa he needs to be talked to well also just like maybe maybe chill morgan maybe have this right? conversation with her tomorrow maybe just like pet her head right now Right? Right? This girl just had her boyfriend kind of be like, hey, fuck you. You brought me up here. You know what that's about. Maybe your your girl here is being traumatized and you should just hug. <laughs> right? Like, maybe be cool for two seconds, Morgan. Uh, so that night, uh, her parents come in. They finally tell her their side of the story because mm. the correct amount of plot time has passed. <laughs> we have had the chance to put other plot involved. It's good. I genuinely kept waiting for an actual reason that they kept telling her no later, but they don't give one. They're just like, we didn't want to talk about it until the second. I feel like the answer is we needed to talk to each other and decide whether or not we were telling you everything and that the answer was yes. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Who could be here? It's a pandemic. (laughs) All right, let's talk. Okay. They explained that they wanted a baby, but they just couldn't have one. And then a shady lawyer showed up and was like, hey, guys, I got a baby. You want this baby? And they're like, "Uh, yeah, we do want this baby. baby. Only seven guineas. (laughs) Just don't ask for his papers or where it came from. You can have this baby. I feel like it's like Princess Carolyn. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can have this baby, but I couldn't ask any questions. <laughs> they uh, find out later uh, in the paper about Maeve and Angus's deaths, and they recognize uh, Maeve's name from the birth certificate, but they don't want to fuck up the adoption, so they don't say anything. They're like, no, we need this baby. This is our baby. I. It was very sweet. Her mother was like, from the first minute I saw you, you were my daughter, and I would have killed anybody who tried to take you. I know. It's, it's very so sweet. So after the adoption's final, they started looking into things, uh, but the lawyer ghosted them. He absolutely did. So they found out uh, that Maeve and Angus's deaths were murder, uh, and then they found out about the runes there. Uh, the dad, as we discussed, went on a business trip to Ireland and took a detour to Bally Nigel, but there was nothing there and nobody would talk to him, so he went to a nearby town and they told him that that town was full of witches. Uh, and that the witches were destroyed by evil. And I think this is where they That's, talk about the dark yeah, wave. Yeah, yeah, Okay. That's when they talk about the dark wave. Yep. Uh, the father obviously doesn't believe that they were witches, but he does believe that a serial killer believes that they're witches. <laughs> Which, good on you, dad. Right, fair. Totally fair. I got you. Totally fair. Be like, mm, I think it's a serial killer. Yep. <laughs> this is more logical, but still acknowledging that a bunch of people got murdered. <laughs> yeah. We are acknowledging that this is weird. We are not acknowledging that witch. <laughs> So he believes that there was a serial killer that probably followed Morgan's parents to New York to finish the job. And they decide uh, that they're going to keep it secret and give Morgan a temporary nickname. Molly. And then uh, by the time Morgan decided that she wanted to be Morgan again, they felt enough time had passed. That was fine. And also they were still couldn't really tell her because it would be awkward. So when Morgan brought the Wicca books into the house, they were obviously, like, freaked out. I love that their their thought, though, was, did someone give these to her? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. They're like, oh, shit, he's back. Yeah, like, that made me go, oh, I understand their, their reasoning. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yep. So they have, you know, some resolution. It, it stops being the major conflict at this point. Like, this is... Yeah. The emotional climax, I guess, of this They have told her the thing that she needed to hear, and it was reasonable. Yeah. Uh, Next day at school, Brie and Morgan have tension in the locker room, but not the fun kind. Brie flirts with another boy, but in a way that Morgan interprets as Brie being like, "Mm, look how hot I am. All the boys like me, and they would never possibly like you. Yeah. And so Morgan is like, bitch, and she shows Brie her pentacle that she got from Cal. <laughs> yeah, she's um, like, what up? I got him. And Brie is furious, so she fucking spikes a volleyball into her face. <laughs> right into it. So she breaks Morgan's nose. <laughs> and, like, busts her lip. <laughs> it's real bad. Morgan just not not looking good today. And Brie briefly is, like, regretful. And she, she tries to tell her that she's sorry. But by the time Morgan leaves, she's sort of over her regret. Yeah. So they're still yeah. in a pretty bad place. I know. There was that one fucking moment. I, I know. feel like if the teacher had been like, Brie, I know you're her best friend, so take her down to the nurse's office. They would have then maybe had a chance to talk. But we wouldn't have had all the plot. No drama. So Cal comes to visit Morgan. He gives her some Wiccan remedies, which include homeopathy. Homeopathic, yeah. Which they mentioned in the last book, 
and I kind of winced. Me too. But in this one, it's straight up like, oh, here, this will work for you. It's a witch thing. And I'm like, oh, cow, cow. But like, so he was like, oh, it's this thing, blah, blah, blah. And then he leans in and he's like, also, I spelled it. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> But but kids, kids. <laughs> homeopathy doesn't work. She literally calls it a sugar pill. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Frozen 2 is wrong. Water doesn't actually have memories. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so he gives her his spelled, and that's the only reason that it works. And that's the only reason. The only reason. Children. The next day, she's basically fine. It's like two days. I think she like stays home. Yep. So the next day, she decides that, all right, this has gone far enough. I'm going to confront Brie. And I'm like, good, Morgan, you probably should have done this a while ago. But yes, this is the correct response. But then. <laughs> so she waits for her to get out of school, follows her to her house. Uh, but then Bree immediately gets in Raven's car and goes somewhere else. And Morgan's like, well, I've come this far. Might as well. I guess I could keep stalking them. So she follows them to the graveyard where they had their Samhain ritual, where they are met by another witch. They have an ominous conversation, uh, which Morgan only hears the bad parts of. Yep. And interprets as them maybe deciding they're going to do dark magic on her. Maybe. That's what it sounds like. So Morgan's like, oh shit, I gotta tell Cal. So she calls Cal. (laughs) So she calls Cal, you guys. You guys. She calls Cal. She calls the meeting in her car. And she's like, you're probably wondering why I called you here. And Cal's like, was it to fuck? And she was like, you are correct. You are so correct. Look at your cute little face. Get over here. So they immediately start making out. They smush. Just immediately. (laughs) Uh, She confronts him about sleeping with Brie and and all of the... He's like, the fuck you say? Yeah. And the things that Raven and Bree have been, like, nagging on her about. And he's like, well, um, I mean, this is kind of intrusive, but no, I didn't sleep with Bree. Uh, okay, so I do appreciate that he's like, yeah, I don't kiss and tell about people. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a really good way to be. It suggests to me that if he eventually is that dude in Wicca uh, who's like, I'm polyamorous, because that's the way those guys are. That he wouldn't be like, I've slept with every girl in this room. But he would have slept with every girl in that room. <laughs> like, yeah, he seems reasonable. Yeah. You know, but, he's yeah, not but like that a he is like, it. not that you have a right to ask this because you don't, but I didn't sleep with her. Right. He says, I did not sleep with Brie. And uh, can you do me a favor and just not listen to what these mean girls are saying to right? you? Right? They're obviously trying to be mean to you. And I do love that he's like, well, I told her I was, I forget exactly how he phrased it. Like, basically, like, I'm currently not available. Right. And she's like, but why? But why, Cal? He's like, because you, you dipshit. Because I like you. Right? Because like, I already <laughs> saw I you, you and I thought you were cute. So <laughs> I was not interested. I was like, piss off. I'm watching this show now. <laughs> so they do an intense makeout. They do. It was probably one of the more intense makeouts we have read in yes this, in this podcast this is as explicit as i've seen a ya book maybe blood and chocolate was close me oh uh, yeah i mean like i guess blood and chocolate but it was also very like mm, violent <laughs> yes yeah this it is was more both. just like sweet two kids exploring themselves yep. with each other and not even really fuck like they're not fucking spoilers no not fucking they don't fuck they don't fuck but they go uh they pretty close Yeah, they were real close. Yeah. I'm sure we'll know when they fuck. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Uh, I like that Cal especially is like, that was amazing. Super loved that. 
It's very cute, because, like, he's like, I've been with other people, and you haven't, and then that's okay with you, right? <laughs> and then he's like, you're good, you're so good, I love you, that was amazing, this is wonderful, let's do it again. Well, and they do, like, baby sex magic, where, like, yeah. they interweave their magical feelings While into the making out. Yep. So, you know, yeah. they share each other's blood, it's great. <laughs> so This is when feeding from a vampire is not rape yeah right exactly right <laughs> consensual consensual uh, magic could you imagine feeding. like oh even in the vampire diary stuff there was only like one time where elena was like you're gonna take my blood because you need it you're right saying i'm i'm consenting to sex right now stefan mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that one Stephen's time like, i don't know happened. i shouldn't you're like ah must everything be an assault with me all day i guess Right? God, just enjoy it. No. So they do their intense makeout, so intense that Morgan straight up does not tell Cal about the witch. Okay, now here's my girl Morgan, whom I love. She's a very good girl. She's <laughs> a lot of shit. Morgan, turn your fucking named car around <laughs> and you go to that boy's house and you say, Sss. I almost called him Stefan. Cal? <laughs> I forgot the reason I called you, and it wasn't for us to get half naked in the back seat of my car. <laughs> I saw this weird blonde chick, and she was talking to Bree and Raven, and these are the only words I heard, and maybe it wasn't everything, but I'm really fucking nervous because I don't want them to decide to spoil our love through dark magic. Also, like, remember how you were afraid that they would get taken advantage of by a nefarious witch? I think that might be happening. <laughs> But she does it. She just gets the fuck and is like, well, I had no other problems. Eh, probably nothing is happening. Everything is fine. So uh, at school the next day, Bree and Raven continue to harass Morgan with some pretty weak insults, honestly. They basically just say, you're good at magic. Morgan's like, "Uh, yeah, my magic does work. And yours doesn't. So what are you saying? Uh, and then Bree's uh, guy that she was flirting with in the gym class comes up and they continue to flirt. Uh, Robbie is weird. He gets weird and possessive in a way that is uh, not cool, Robbie. So they made it clear in the volleyball scene that Robbie maybe has a thing for Bree. They make it super clear here. Yeah. And I wonder if like Bree knows it too because of the way he's talking to her. She acts like she doesn't, but who knows? Uh, so Friday night, Cal and the other couples are going on a date. This chapter is called Sky and Hunter, and I was very excited. I didn't think we'd get to them in this book. So they meet at Cal's house with like an hour to kill before the movie, and Celine is having a coven meeting. Uh, and Morgan wants to thank Celine for her help the last time she was there. So they go into the meeting room where Celine introduces them to Sky Eventide and Hunter Nile. Is that how we say his last name? Yes, it's Nile. Thank you. So Sky is the blonde witch. I think it's that... Probably, yeah. Uh, so Sky is the blonde witch that Morgan saw Brie and Raven we- meeting with. Dun dun dun. Uh, Morgan is super jealous because Cal is looking at Sky in a way that doesn't even sound. It doesn't sound sexy. It sounds like he wants to murder her. Right. He She explicitly says that it's predatory, but she still gets ridiculously jealous. She's like, oh no. He's like one of those pack types who's like, oh, I just want to rip your clothes off and hate fuck you. Ugh, God. I hope <laughs> it's like, not. no, it's not. <laughs> She's super angry. She only notes that the two of them are English and the book doesn't bother to explain anything else about them. 
Except that they do discuss that they're vaguely Nordic looking, and I'm like, is everybody ice giants and villains in this world? Is that what's happening? Can we tell that it is the year 2001 because blondes are the bad guys? Yeah, they are extremely blonde, both of them. Uh, so, and the only other thing is that Cal obviously knows Hunter and doesn't like him. Yeah, he clearly knows both of them and doesn't like them. So, Selene calls Cal away and Morgan goes to recover in a powder room. I love that they have a powder room. I know, right? Uh, where she's like, holy shit, why was I so jealous? I'm super jealous, though. Like, I'm still jealous. <laughs> why was I jealous? But I am. <laughs> but I am, and I'm still. Uh, she hears Hunter and Skye coming towards her, so she she's decides like, to try to hide. <laughs> and uh, she accidentally falls through a hidden door, Scooby-Doo style. I love it. Into Celine's massive study, full of books, and immediately gets distracted again. <laughs> oh no, what's this information that I definitely want in my head right now? Yep. But only for 20 minutes, I'm real proud of her. But I mean, that is like 20 minutes. That's 20 minutes you are not hanging out with your friends, man. She climbs onto a ladder and finds gas. Her mother's book of shadows? She's just drawn to it, my goodness. Yep, it's her mother's book of shadows. She flips through it and she's like, um, why is this here? Why did nobody tell me? Uh, Because Cal and Celine both have enough information at this point to know that it's her mom's book of shadows. Right, so she's dealing with, oh no, but Cal's mom is just as bad as my parents when they're hiding shit from me. Yep, so she's like, well, I'm definitely going to take this, uh, but it's super weird that they didn't give it to me. Uh, and she is just about to leave when dun 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 Cal and Celine just walk in on her and it's yep. real awkward. And then we cut to the credits. End of book. Okay. Reading this book. Uh-huh. Especially this end part. Mm-hmm. All I could think was the only reason this didn't get turned into a CW show is because <laughs> CW was already putting their money into Secret Circle and they shouldn't have. No, they shouldn't have. This would have made a better book or better, better. TV series. Cinna, I don't know why I loved this book. <laughs> I was so invested in finishing this book. I'm so glad. I don't understand. Maybe it's because the world's on fire. But <laughs> last night, well, no, the night before, I read the book and I had my marker right at the halfway point, And I was like, and then I like I read just a little bit more, not too much. I was like, okay, well, I save it because you got to read more tomorrow. And then I was like, oh no, I forgot to read, and it's already eleven. Oh no, I guess I have to wake up early tomorrow to read what I don't read tonight. But then I was just like, <laughs> that was delicious. It was such an easy read. It was so fast, and I'm like. A lot happens, but not a lot happens. So I'm like, I need to keep reading. (laughs) It is super weird how a lot happens, but nothing happens. Like, both books so far are just like, wow, a lot of shit happened in this book. But also, it's not like plot shit. I don't know. It's weird, right? Yeah. Like, I can't put my finger on it. But Kate Tiernan, why do I fucking love you? I don't know. But I do. And I'm so excited. I know like LJ Smith, like we're reading her first ones and they were like, not that great until you get to the last one of the first four. You're Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm starting to see you, LJ, because I loved your Forbidden Games. But this, I'm just like, God damn, you hooked me. I'm so fucking hooked on these. I want all 15 of them in my hands. (laughs) I don't want quarantine to last 15 weeks, but if it did, you and me would be reading all of them. Yeah. And, like, there's shit wrong with it. Yes. For sure. Like, there's a lot of girl hate, but it's weird to look at it and be like, yeah, but then what would the plot be otherwise? 
<laughs> I know, I know, right? Like, oh, if we solved the things we didn't like about it, then what would happen, no, though? There would literally be no plot. It would just be a girl learning about magic which, and being in love, which I'm kind of okay with. I mean, which was kind of the first book and which was... So, this, like we said, this book is the one where the plot kicks in, where it starts to feel more like a paranormal romance. It starts to feel more like other books. But still interesting. Still good. Yeah. I'm very impressed with it. And again, I don't know if maybe because of when we're reading it, where all of the other books that we've read didn't have looming doom hanging over our heads. But like, this is just, it's so exactly what I need right now. Well, and there's still good stuff in here emotionally. Like, right? The adoption stuff was pretty, pretty good. Like, it's it's sad and it's sincere and it was good. Right? Like, I had so many feelings about it. I couldn't just side with Morgan. I couldn't just side with the parents. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is tough. Yeah. This is really fucking tough. I don't know if you're handling it right, because I don't feel like anyone's handling it. You're just living it. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the difference between some of the other books when there's, like, an issues book, mm-hmm. where it's like, hmm, you're really fucking this up, and this is, like, your theme and your point. And then it's right. like, here's this book where this is just happening. I don't know. Like, I know that we are usually extremely nitpicky about stuff, but I feel like mm-hmm. maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like, it's a theme of the book where this is just, like, this is just fucking what's happening this week. Right. And and again, it's it's not being handled in, an, in a terrible way, like an obviously yeah. terrible way. Yeah, right? Like, she's not like, you're not my parents, I never want to see you again, I'm going to go up to Ireland and become a witch. Cough, cough, demon in my view. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that, but yes. Yep. Where she grew up knowing she was fucking adopted. <laughs> she did, and she was still shitty. Ugh. God, fuck you, Jessica. But like, <laughs> but, like, this one's like, hey, we need a couple, like, days to kind of talk to each other about what we want to do about this kid, because we love you and we really don't want to fuck you up any harder. <laughs> well, and, and Morgan is very dramatic, but dramatic in a way that feels real and doesn't feel yeah. like a, a character, right? Like, she feels like a dramatic teenager. Yeah, but this dramatic shit happening to her. <laughs> Right. And not like a plot device. I mean, even though all of her dramatic storm offs are in fact plot devices, like yeah. Morgan just feels, again, more grounded. Yeah. Well, and like, and I think maybe that's it too, is that she could have had this plot happening, the idea of um my parents and my parents have been murdered and there was, you know, bad shit that happened, minus all the witch shit, without the witch shit happening. Mm-hmm. Like, she could have found out some way. She could have just seen her birth certificate being like, I'm going to go get yep. a job. <laughs> you know, like, I'm 16. I'm going to go get a grocery store job. Who the fuck is Maeve Riordan? <laughs> so it's like, there's still realistic plot happening, even mm-hmm. with the witch plot happening above it. Yep. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So, like, I still would recommend this these first two books. Mm-hmm. I'm sad for Brie and Raven because they're clearly feeding off of each other. Yeah. But, like... They're still just fucking kids. Yep. Bree's clearly dealing with like, wow, I've been rejected for the first time in my life. And somehow it was my best friend and somehow it was the hottest guy I've ever seen. Right. And they've added a layer of complexity by making Bree her friend, by making Bree remorseful. Like Raven doesn't yeah. have that, but Bree does. I did love that with Bree that she was like, oh my God, I didn't mean to break your face. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Raven is the one that I, I would like to see she doesn't need a redemption arc because she's just a kid just humanized yeah i'd like to see more humanization of her because we're seeing that a lot with like i know that was touched on at the the first circle in this book with at matt's house where it was like 
wow, I didn't know Jenna had asthma. Oh, I didn't know Sharon had a stepsister. Like, yeah. we're all from different groups and I, you know, they're so pretty and popular. I didn't know they had to deal with anything. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's good. And I'd like to see that with Raven. Because honestly, I-, I like Raven. I would super love to see more of that character. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me that her and Brie have focused in on getting back at Morgan and Cal. Mm-hmm. Except that, like, I've been a teenager. <laughs> I know they're just bored and hurt. Yeah. But, yeah, I would really love to see more humanization of Raven. Yeah, for sure. And good on you, Beth. I'm glad you got out of this plot. <laughs> yeah. Sorry you had to leave the series. But... I would love to have seen someone else leave, but you know what? You're right. <laughs> it All is of weird. these white girls are crazy. <laughs> uh, so we didn't get to do it last time. What are your theories, Ollie? Ooh, I've got th- All right, let's see. So... I'm a lot of my theories are very like it could go anyway. But my main hope is that she's a woodbane, is that she's one of the evil ones who just want power. Because every time they talk about them, she's like, I got chills just thinking I might be a woodbane. Clearly I'm one of the healers. So I also can see her being um one of the ones that hoard knowledge because she knows a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool. But I like the idea of like how the Rowan wands and the I think it's the woodbanes. Yep. have this like this one just wants power and i'm like well literally that can't have been the only thing about them this is clearly some fucking propaganda <laughs> so like what the hell else are they like i hate when there's one who's the evil ones mm-hmm. um but the rowan ones don't sound that great either because it's like if they were hoarding knowledge and not helping people and not encouraging people to like help each other like you're both kind of assholes yeah for sure so, like, it could go either way, where maybe they were, like, very powerful and they knew everything Rowan wands, but I really hope she's a woodbane, because I would like our protagonist to deal with being a fucking Slytherin. That would be awesome. <laughs> so we've met Sky and Hunter, and that's weird to me, because, like, I knew that they were going to have had another person in their their little new coven, except that clearly Skye's not part of the coven. She's part of Selene's coven. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm getting a very The Craft feeling out of all that. Let's see. Theories, theories, theories. So for a long time reading the book, I thought Angus was the murderer. Okay. Just because him and Maeve were the only ones that got out. Right. And he was the only other, like, character. Yeah. But I'm like, hmm, maybe it's him. So at this point, I'm like, fuck, I don't know. That doesn't seem likely since she mentioned uh, Maeve in the Book of Shadows that he noticed runes happening. Right. And... So I had gone back, in the beginning of her thing, I was like, oh shit, whoever this witch is, is the one that's killing everybody. And I'm like, oh no, well no, she's not doing that. So maybe it's Angus, maybe Angus is doing it. (laughs) And now I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if there's enough foreshadowing for me to actually make a decent projection. But it would be super cool if Angus had been the one. Because that would have been great, him just being like, I want us to get away, and you were maybe going to go to other covens, and him being an asshole, and Maeve just being like, I'm going to lock us in the barn and kill us both. Wow, yeah. Um, I will be unhappy if Maeve was the one that was killing everybody, because mm-hmm. then we're dealing with, like, I've got split personalities, and I'm like, mm, you know how I hate that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, so it seems more likely that Morgan is a woodbane and Cal's family is mostly Rowan Wand, even though, as you and I discussed, no one should be one single thing Mm -hmm. if they decided years and years ago to stop that bullshit. So that's where we're at. We're going to see what Sky and Hunter, who came out of fucking nowhere, (laughs) 
do and to see if there actually is any evil plot against Morgan and Cal vis-a-vis Raven and Bree. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But all of the stuff, all of my theories about, like, she was adopted came true. Right. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, I am desperately curious about where the third book ends uh, Mm. because I want to know what you're going to (laughs) know. (laughs) <laughs> and what i don't know what when are we going to find out things mm, yeah, so curious yeah and you had mentioned last time too the ways that these feel like an episode of a tv show yeah i feel like they each book kind of feels like three episodes mm-hmm. but that they are very much like a tv show and again yeah. i don't i don't understand why this wasn't made into a show <laughs> it can still happen i hope so it's so it's so weirdly good <laughs> so invested in it all right well we did it that's book two the coven thank you blacklist and chillers for listening we really appreciate it mm-hmm. you can find us on twitter i am olivia hennis h-e-n-n-i-s and you can find the podcast there at backlist podcast yep i'm on twitter as endless underscore run and you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash backlist and chill where you can get the episode super early Please do. We appreciate it. Every mm-hmm. little dollar helps. We do. All right. I hope you're all surviving. This yeah, good coming luck. Out so much later. So. We'll see. What's the world like in May? Who knows? 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. Did you hear the child in the background? No, but I mean, I've got you at the volume where I can barely hear you, so. Oh my god, why is the child yelling? <laughs> you said the child was in its room. <laughs> why does the child leave? <laughs> <laughs> the child stays in its room until dinner time. What's happening? <laughs> What's going on up there? The child moves. Changes its routine? No, impossible. <laughs> Lock the child back in its room. <laughs> Get get back, your friends. They're on your, your small, tiny black mirror box. They want to speak to you. You're missing oh. messages. Oh, what's that? I think I hear your mirror box making attractive noises. <laughs> dilly-dee, dilly-dee. That's definitely the mirror box. <laughs> Quick, go see who wants your attention. It's not me. <laughs> Go, child, quick, you may miss something vital. FOMO, FOMO. <laughs> I cast FOMO upon me. <laughs> <laughs>